Let me just read again that opening passage which Keith read. Let me just read the first two verses from Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. By way of introduction, I'd like to describe two tables to keep in mind this evening. The first table described here is full of rich food, full of satisfying food, full of satisfying drink. And remarkably, you can go into that table free of charge. There's a second table in the next room. It is not at all similar. On that table, it's kind of like, if you can imagine McDonald's, one of their garbage cans, and the scraps are on that table. There's a half-eaten hamburger, there's some french fries, and remarkably, they are going to charge you four seasons type prices to come to that table. We have an invitation to go to each table, to either table. And the question for us is at which table are we going to choose to eat? Let me unpack that a little bit. The plight that we humans are in begins, as you know, back in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, there was this wonderful, perfect unity, perfect communion between us and the Lord. And we lost that. And as Adam and Eve set forth from the Garden of Eden, they begin, sure, they start on a journey of thirst, and hunger. And that thirst and hunger goes all the way through the scriptures. It's a thirst and hunger which of course it's physical, but it speaks of something far more real, far more of our soul. And it is that thirst, it is that hunger to refine that connection which we had in the Garden of Eden with the Lord, to refine the satisfaction of that which we were created for, which is fellowship with the Lord God. That's our plight. And you can see that going all the way through the scriptures. You see, I mean, take your pick. You see the Israelites in the wilderness. And what's one of the first things they do? They come to Moses and they're complaining, thirsty. And he hits the rock, and water comes forth, and we find in Corinthians that that rock was Christ. Sure, there was a physical first thirst, but 
there was something deeper. For me, most vividly, think of the woman at the well. She had come at the sixth hour of the day. Sixth hour of the day is after she should have shown up. Why was she showing up so late to get water from that well? Because she was ashamed. Because she was kind of probably the outcast of the village. Certainly among the women she was, she'd managed to have five husbands. And the one she was living with now wasn't really her husband. She had that incredible longing in her soul to find love, to find connection, which we lost way back in Eden. And when Jesus encounters her, of course, he understands the first thing, but he, of course, speaks to the soul. And that is, he offers her the living waters from which she will never again thirst. We all have that plight. I hesitate to mention this name in our church, but a fellow Englishman, Mick Jagger, after he had had all of the 60s, and whatever you want to imagine he had, he had it. He had world power, fame, whatever. And his summary of it all was, you could sing it along, I'm not going to sing it. I can't get no satisfaction. You can take it all, what this world has to offer. You're eating at the wrong table. You will never find satisfaction at that wrong table of half-eaten McDonald's burgers. So what then is the provision? That is the beauty of this passage, Isaiah 55. Because suddenly, in this vision, the Lord stands and says, Come! Everyone, every single one of you, come if you are thirsting. Come to the waters. If you have no money, perfect. Come by and eat. Because although you're going to have to buy, I've already paid the price. So it's free to you. All you have to do is come. Come. It will satisfy. What you have to do to come, and it says it later on, is seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near and forsake your wicked ways. What is that food which will satisfy? What is it that's offered at that table which will give us such a sense of everlasting satisfaction? And again, he outlines some of that as we go through this passage. In the second half of verse 7, this is what you will find there. Return to the Lord. You, he will have compassion. You will find compassion and you will find abundant pardon, compassion, full forgiveness. And you'll be stepping into, and earlier we can't unpack all of this, the covenant of the everlasting covenant of the steadfast love for David. Basically, you will reconnect with what we lost in Eden. 
You're forgiven, you're pardoned, you'll find compassion, and you will be able to satisfy your soul with the everlasting love of God. It is a beautiful, beautiful passage. The thing which strikes me as well is that second verse. Sometimes I put my name in there. Jeremy, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor that that which does not satisfy. Because if I am brutally honest, I should be feasting at that table. But quite often, I take a little detour and I eat scraps. In fact, I eat scraps a lot more than I would like to admit. Why do I sometimes try and fill that inner longing which could be fulfilled in the Lord. And I fulfill it with other things. Maybe I will try and be whatever, successful at work. That will give me a sense of satisfaction. Turns out that my labor will be in vain. We all have different things we try and meet that need with. For some people, it's work. For some people, it's relationships. For some people, it's sex. For some people, it's sports teams. For some people, it's food. I know that often when I'm vulnerable, it's chocolate. Whatever it is, it takes us from the Lord. So why sometimes do we go to the wrong table? I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one... I think we doubt that he'll satisfy us. That we'll have an insurance plan. In case he doesn't satisfy us, we'll still dip into that other table. Perhaps, like the woman at the well, there's a, a level of shame which makes us think we really can't go to that table. Not true. Or perhaps... Sometimes life's going so well, we value the scraps we're getting elsewhere more than going to the table. But as always, Jesus stands there and he invites us, come everyone. Come tonight. Come and drink deeply of me. Eat deeply, fully of my feast, and I will satisfy you. It's a beautiful message from him to us. It's also a glorious message from us to those around us. And what Nate, I think it was shared earlier, of that sense of rise up in reaching out to those around us. May that be true. May it be true for me and for each of us that in these coming days, may we introduce more and more folk to that beautiful, free invitation he gives. Amen.